नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Being cursed by the Brahmins, the same two associates took birth again as Kumbhakarna and the Ted-headed Ravana. These two rakshashas were killed by Lord Ramchandra's extraordinary power. Sayano yodinirbina haridayo ramasakayai tachchito jahatur deham yathapraktana janmani Pierced by the arrows of Lord Ramchandra, both Kumbhakarna and Ravana lay on the ground and left their bodies. Fully absorbed in thought of the Lord, just as they had in their previous births as Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu. Tavihata punarajato, Shishupala karushajao, Harovairanu bandena, Pasyataste samiyutu. They both took birth again in the human society as Shishupal and Dantavakra and continued in the same enmity toward the Lord. It is as they who merged into the body of the Lord in your presence. It is they who merged into the body of the Lord in your presence. Purport. Vairanu Bhandena, acting like the Lord's enemy, is also beneficial for the living entity. Kamad Veshad Bhayat Snehad. Whether in lusty desire, anger, fear, or envy of the Lord, somehow or other, as recommended by Srila Rupa Goswami, tasmat kenap yapugena, uh, one should become attached to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and ultimately achieve the goal of returning home back to Godhead. What then is to be said of one who is related to the Supreme Personality of Godhead as a servant, friend, father, mother, or conjugal lover. <clears throat> Translation. They both took birth again in human society as Shishupal Dantavakra and continued in the same enmity toward the Lord. It is they who merged into the body of the Lord in your presence. Oma Timidandasya Gyananjana Chalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Atasmoy Sri Guru Venamaha. In this narration between the great sage Srila Muni and the great king Maharaj Yudhisthira we find the conclusion of their discussion in this particular chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. It is said in Bhagavat, Munaya 
सारुपृष्टोहम भवद्योकमंगल यत्कृपाकृष्टसंभ्राष्णो येनात्मा सुप्रसिडती दैट द कॉन्टेंट ऑफ द डिस्कशन्स अमंग्स द ग्रेट सॉल्स आर द मोस्ट ऑस्पिशियस ऑफ ऑल सब्जेक्ट्स फॉर हियरिंग Indeed, the hearing of such topics as described by the great devotees of the Lord is the most auspicious benediction for all living beings. Because simply by hearing the words exchanged amongst great saints, one can be relieved from all the miseries, sufferings, and illusions of this material world. When great devotees come together, they only have one purpose and one topic, and that is the glorification of the Supreme Lord. Because the great souls, <clears throat> their only business in this world is the elevation of human society. They are not concerned in the slightest with their own sense gratification. Therefore, there is no question amongst such great souls of the tendency to criticize others to gossip or to find faults unnecessarily in other living beings because these particular subject matters are for those who are attached to sense gratification for those who are attached to worldly life and especially for those who are the servants of their false ego <clears throat> but because the great souls these sadhus they are eternally situated as the servants of the lord's lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead and because they they harbor no envy or malice in their hearts nor do they have any desire for their own personal interest they only speak those subject matters which are conducive for the upliftment of all living creatures because that is their only business otherwise such great souls they would go back to the spiritual world after all this material world is a foreign place for a pure devotee of the lord it is no place for a gentleman shila prabhupad used to say sometimes when <clears throat> devotees would describe various problems that were taking place Prabhupad would comment that this material world is just no place for a gentleman. There is so much cheating, there is so much manipulation, exploitation, sinful life, that a devotee of the Lord, he cannot tolerate these things. He, have no, he has no business having anything, any contact with these vices, which are all pervading in this world. His pleasure, his happiness is in assisting the divine leela of shri shri radha and krishna but as a thankless task he is willing to come to this world only for the purpose of elevating and uplifting the conditioned souls so that they could also enter into the divine leela of the spiritual world so therefore when such great souls come together it is like the merging of the ganges and the jamuna at the holy city of prayag uh, these two rivers uh, and the saraswati these three rivers they travel alone and wherever they go 
They purify everyone they come in contact with. The Ganga begins on this earthly planet at Gangotri, specifically Gomuk. And she begins her journey toward the Ganga Sagara in the Bay of Bengal. And on her journey, she only has one business, to purify the hundreds and millions of people that take shelter of her. Wherever she goes, her ambrosial nectarine waters are relieving the sinful conditioned souls of their sins and purifying them so they gradually can approach the source of the Ganges, which is the lotus feet of Lord Hari. The Ganges was sent by Lord Hari. It originates coming from the very body of Karanodakshayi Vishnu. It is the causal ocean, and it washes the lotus-like feet of Sri Vamanadev, the son of Kashyapa. And in this way, coming from the feet of the Lord, its only business is the purification of humanity. So similarly, the Jamuna has descended from the spiritual world only to give the opportunity for all living creatures, the most sinful, the most pious, without discrimination, even the animals. The Jamuna is there to purify everyone and bring them closer to the lotus feet of her source, Lord Sri Sham Sundar of Rajadham. But as they travel through the lands, how they are misused, how they are disrespected, just as we took our trip to the Himalayas some years ago, we saw <coughs> even in the heights of the Himalayas, where everything is supposed to be very sacred, holy and pure, even at that place, the Ganges is so much being offended. At Uttarkashi, at every hour, there is literally thousands and thousands and thousands of liters of raw sewage just being dumped into the pure ambrosial stream of the Ganges. In fact, the current of sewage competes with the size of the Ganges as it is flowing in. And people throw all sorts of rubbish and garbage in the Ganges. Some people are so offensive, they pass stool, pass urine, right in the stream of the Ganges. Factories throw poison, abominable chemicals in the Ganges. Huh? And Mother Jamuna, she has to undergo and tolerate the same offenses. And then, uh, although she is everlasting, eternally pure, you have politicians blaspheming the Ganges and the Jamuna, saying nobody should bathe in these rivers. They are unfit for human, for human survival. They're contaminated, polluted. Uh, and by the time the Ganges and Jamuna comes to the plains, uh, the crystal clear, pure color of the waters is brown, full of chemicals, full of sewage from thousands and thousands of villages and cities, 
foaming bubbles, dead bodies floating. Huh? How these pure rivers who have come only for the purification of humanity are misused, offended, blasphemed every day, incredibly. And understand that these are not ordinary rivers, but they are divine personalities. Ganga Mai and Jamuna Mai are eternal associates of the Lord. And the river that we see with our eyes is none different than their personal body. And the corporal offenses that are being committed to these holy devotees of the Lord is incredible. But yet the Ganges and Jamuna and Saraswati, they never complain. They never condemn anyone. They simply go on in their mission of flowing and whoever comes to them, they continue to purify those persons. However sinful, however offensive, however blasphemous, even if they come to dump the sewage, even if they come to dump the chemicals, if somehow or other one splash or drop of water happens to touch them, those persons become purified of their sins. Can you imagine? the merciful qualities, the compassionate nature of Mother Ganges and Mother Jamuna. These two most glorious, illustrious rivers, these two most merciful and compassionate personalities who come to this world willing to accept infinite misuse, but continue only to quietly show their mercy to all, they all three meet at the holy place of Prayag, the Triveni Sangam. And that place where the Ganges, Jamuna, and Saraswati rivers make their confluence, where they come together, is considered the holiest place in the universe by many. In fact, when Lord Sri Ramchandra was on his pilgrimage, when he visited that place, he called Tirtaraj, which means it is the king of all holy places. This was the name that the Supreme Lord Sri Ramchandra gave to this holy land of Prayag. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how much he recognized this holy place of Prayag. In fact, Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he performed the Sankirtan movement in Navadweep, in Jagannathpuri, throughout South India, on the road to Vrindavan, as well as to Kurukshetra for the solar eclipse. He danced, he chanted, he spread the glories of the holy name. But in order to teach the world for all times the proper method of partaking the Sankirtan movement in this age of Kali Yuga, he empowers Srila Rupa Goswami. Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Yenabhutalai Swayam Rupakatamayam Datati Swapadantika. This literally means that the most confidential essence 
of the mind of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam, was imparted by the Lord Himself to Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami confidentially, intimately understood the mind of the Supreme Lord. And therefore, Rupa Goswami was given the most glorious mission of establishing the teachings and the cult of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in this world for all time to come. Factually, all devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are called Rupanugas. You cannot follow Lord Gaurasundar without accepting the teachings of Srila Rupa Goswami. Because Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally did not teach us everything we need to know himself to perfectly traverse the path of bhakti. But through Rupa Goswami, he gave us all the rules, all the regulations, and the proper etiquette and conduct by which we must follow. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by his example, but in order to immortalize those examples, the words came through Srila Rupa Goswami. The Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is the manual, the guide for all devotees who want to make spiritual advancement on the path of bhakti according to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's divine mercy. In fact, in Jagannath Puri, at one time, Rupa Goswami wrote a particular verse which was describing the intimate thinking of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. During Kirtan, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to express his divine love in the mood of Sri Radharani for Lord Sri Krishna when she saw him at the holy place of Kurukshetra after decades and decades of separation. And he spoke this verse in such a way that nobody could really understand what he was saying. It was indirect, sort of like in a code. But Rupa Goswami, on a palm leaf, wrote a commentary of that verse, which gave the direct understanding of what Sri Radharani was praying to Lord Sri Krishna at that most auspicious occasion on the holy dham of Kurukshetra. And then he went to bathe in the sea. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, along with Swarup Damodar, they came to that place to visit Srila Rupa Goswami. It was the Siddha Bakula, the holy place where Haridas Thakur was residing. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu happened to see the Sanskrit verse tucked into the straw on the roof of the hut. And in his divine mood of curiosity, he took that verse. And when he saw the handwriting, he was simply struck with love. Just see the handwriting of Rupa Goswami. It is like strings of pearls. And then he read the content. And divine ecstasy began to manifest on every part of his body. And he looked to Swarup Damodar Goswami. He said, how is it possible 
that Rupa Goswami has understood the most intimate love of my heart. How is it I have not revealed this to anyone? That he has confidentially captured the very essence of my mind. And Swaropdamodar Goswami, he responded, I can understand, my Lord, that it is only because he has achieved your infinite causeless mercy. It is only by your mercy that anyone can have this great benediction of understanding your mind. Therefore, I consider Rupa Goswami to be the most fortunate man in all the creation. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu responded, Yes, what you are saying is true. He said, Not long ago at that holy place at Prayag, I met with Srila Rupa Goswami. And seeing him to be a pure-hearted soul, who had a burning, sincere desire to please me and to serve me. I considered that, yes, this man, due to his great humility, he is fit to understand the most confidential nature of my mind. He is fit to be the one to propagate my desire my divine desire for all the world and all the Vaishnavas. Therefore, at that holy place, at the confluence of Jamuna, Ganges, and Saraswati, where those three great personalities come together for the auspicious benediction of all humanity, it was at that holy place that I decided to bestow the supreme benediction for all humanity. by imparting into the mind and the heart of Rupa Goswami everything necessary for all living beings to advance in spiritual life. It was for 15 days that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sat at the Shashwameda Ghat on the banks of the Jamuna Ganges and Saraswati. And it was there that this most auspicious narration took place. Similarly, it was on the bank of the Ganges that Maharaj Parikshit heard the Srimad Bhagavatam from Shukadeva Goswami. <coughs> because it is in the presence of this holy personality, the Ganges and the Jamuna and the Saraswati, that creates an atmosphere of auspiciousness. And therefore, great sages and rishis have taken shelter of these places specifically to discuss transcendental pastimes. It was at Haridwar, on the bank of the Ganges, that Vidura and Maitreya, which is a good portion of the Srimad Bhagavatam, they discussed the divine Leela of the Lord. It was at Badrinath, which is on the bank of the Saraswati, that Udhava went to hear from Naranarayan Rishis. So when these great personalities come together, their only business is to discuss those subject matters which are beneficial for the welfare of all humanity.
Ah, so imagine how auspicious it is when Jamuna Ganga and Saraswati come together. Well, that same auspiciousness takes place whenever there is a confluence in the lives of the great saints who are dedicating their, their hearts and their souls in the compassionate mission of glorifying Krishna. So when Narada Muni and Maharaj Yudhisthira met, the subject matter which is recorded on the page of the Bhagavatam is all auspicious for all living beings to hear. In fact, the benediction is there that anyone who hears this narration between Narada Muni and Maharaj Yudhisthira with a sincere and submissive heart they will be relieved of all envy and fear and they will attain the eternal loving service of the Lord. In fact, that is the auspicious blessing of anyone who submissively and humbly hears the dialogues, the conversations of the great saints. So we, as aspiring Vaishnavas, must understand what is the real quality of Vaishnava relationships from the great souls. We should know that as the representatives of our Guru Maharaj, whose mission is non-different than the mission of Ganga Mai, Jamuna Mai, whose mission is non-different than that of Srila Narada Muni, as a matter of fact, it is the mission of Narada Muni. Spiritually, we are his descendants. We are coming in disciplic succession from him. Therefore, we are meant to follow in his footsteps, Mahajano Yenagatasapanta. So we must be very careful, very cautious, that whenever we come together, the subject matter of our dialogue is auspicious, not only for the party we are speaking to, not only for ourselves, but it should create an auspicious atmosphere for the entire creation to be purified. The sound vibration of the glorification of Krishna is so powerful. It is divine. That it not only purifies the hearts of the person who speaks and the person that hears, but that sound vibration travels through the subtle ether throughout the entire universe and purifies everyone. That is why Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained the most merciful benediction is the Harinam Sankirtan movement, where devotees congregate in numbers, large numbers, hopefully, and resound tumultuously the holy names Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Sankirtan means when devotees congregate together in harmony for the purpose of purifying the creation by chanting the holy names. That is the greatest welfare work, the greatest compassion. But understand that when the devotees go through the streets like the river Ganges, chanting the holy names in congregation, they will be treated just as the Ganges and the Jamuna. A few people, some people will with all respect come and, and bathe in the divine sound vibration and offer flowers and prayers as the river of the Sankirtan movement comes down the streets. But others will misuse 
they will throw the garbage. Sometimes there is rivers of the sewage of blasphemies, harsh words, ridicule that come upon the Harinam Sankirtan movement, that come upon the Vaishnavas as they are trying to purify the world. But the devotees, they are very tolerant like the Jamuna and the Ganges. They do not complain. Prahlad Maharaj never complained. Why am I being misused? Maybe I should stop. Does the Ganges ever think, well, maybe I should just stop flowing? People are throwing so much garbage in me. No, oh, she doesn't even care. She doesn't care whether she's worshipped or misused. Her only concern is how she can help others. This is the nature of a Vaishnava. He sees that ultimately everything is coming from Krishna. My dear Lord, if you want, you can kick me. If you want, you can embrace me. I am your servant. I have come to this world on a mission. My Guru Maharaj has given me the mission to purify this planet and give every living being the opportunity to know you and to love you. Like the Ganges, you are flowing and I want to flow right behind you as part of your current. Ah. Our Guru Maharaj, he is like the Ganga. And we simply want to be like a drop of water in that Ganga as part of that current. And just as they are misusing our Guru Maharaj, we have to accept the same misuse upon ourselves if we are part of that current. And just as our Guru Maharaj is tolerantly and patiently just continuing on without complaining to purify the universe, we are part of that mission as a drop within that divine, merciful flow. And just as our Guru Maharaj does not waste a moment speaking nonsense, but in the mood of Yudhisthira Maharaj and Narada Muni, he is always anxious to speak what is auspicious and beneficial for all living beings. So similarly, we must very carefully perform that austerity of always keeping the glorification of Krishna as a central theme and topic of all of our relationships in our life. In the third canto of Bhagavatam, the Prachetas pray that, my dear Lord, whenever your devotees come together, their only purpose is to discuss the topics of the spiritual world. And therefore, as long as they are discussing these topics, there is no envy amongst them. This whole material world is a place where everyone is envious of everyone else. But as long as the topic is the glorification of the holy names and pastimes of the Lord, there is no envy. In the presence of the sun, darkness cannot exist. But as soon as that subject matter ceases, immediately we are in a world of darkness. We are in a world of envy. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had, has pleaded with us. Lord Nityananda has fallen on his hands and knees out of compassion to beg us, Kirtaniya Sadahari, always chant the glories of the Lord. Then there is no question of succumbing to the lower consciousness of material life, lust and envy and greed and pride. So here, Narada Muni and Yudhisthira 
are concluding their discussion. After many, many chapters, in fact, according to Srila Prabhupada's writings, two entire volumes of Bhagavatam is the story of Prahlad Maharaj. And how did it begin? Maharaj Yudhisthira simply inquired from Srila Narada Muni, I have a very, very confidential question for you. When I was performing the Rajasuya sacrifice, I selected Krishna to receive the Agra Puja. We worshipped him as the greatest personality in the universe. At that time, Shishupal became so envious and so angry that he began to blaspheme Krishna incessantly beyond his quota of 100 blasphemies consecutively. And at that time, Lord Sri Krishna, with his divine ashtra, the Sudarshan Chakra, he severed the head of Shishupal, who was an envious demon. Everything that came out of his mouth throughout his life was inauspicious. He was a cruel-hearted, selfish person who only existed to exploit others. And right before my eyes, I saw the spirit soul of Shishupal, like a flaming effulgent light, enter into the body of the personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. How is this possible? Can you explain why this took place? And Narada Muni, in order to answer this simple question, he narrated the entire story of Prahlad and Hiranyakashipu. And after this long, long discourse, which is thoroughly meant for the purification of all mankind, he is coming back to the original question in this verse. And he speaks. That they both took birth again in human society as Shishupal and Dantavakra and continued in the same enmity toward the Lord. It is they who have merged into the body of the Lord in your presence. This whole story of Prahlad was to show Yudhisthira Maharaj how the Lord is equal to everyone. Even though Shishupal was so envious because he was always thinking of Krishna, he attained the supreme liberation. Om apavitra apavitra vasaravavastam gatopiya. Anyone who remembers the personality of Godhead, who has eyes like lotus petals, becomes purified from within and without. Even the greatest asuras, the demons, when they blaspheme the Lord, because they remember the Lord, they get purified. Like the Ganges and the Jamuna. Whatever your motive, if you touch the waters, you become purified. Similarly, the devotees of the Lord. However you deal with the devotees, just by their contact, by their association, you become purified. Why? Because the devotees are acting as the representatives of the Lord. And we see His supreme power 
to purify even the most wicked if they simply remember him. Just as Shishupal was delivered, just as Ravana was delivered, similarly, Hiranyakashipu also attained the supreme destination simply because of the mercy of the devotee Prahlad. He was always remembering Krishna. And this is the greatest benediction that the great saints come to this world to deliver to mankind the opportunity to remember Krishna. And the easiest, most sublime process of remembering Krishna is by chanting his holy name. <coughs> Therefore, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has imparted this instruction, Priti Vite Achayata Nagaradi Gram Saravatra Parchari Horbi Moranam. That it is the duty of every one of my devotees, descendants, to work in such a way to perform the supreme welfare work for all humanity by spreading the glories of the holy name and giving everyone, the rich, the poor, the literate, the illiterate, the demons, the devotees, the pious and the impious, allow everyone to become purified by the divine vibration of the holy name of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Thank you very much. I think now everyone would like to go to see the Mahabharata on the television. So we will end here. Hare Krishna.